Welcome to Fusion Student Ministries. We hope this message equips and encourages you. All right. Well, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 9. 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 9. And we're going to go ahead and get started. It says, the Lord does not delay and is not tardy or slow about what he promises, according to someone's conception of slowness. But he is long suffering, extraordinarily patient towards you, not desiring that any should perish, but all should turn to repentance. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you right now, Lord, for your presence that's in this place. Lord, I just ask that you would just come. And speak to each and every one of us. Lord, our desire is to hear your voice greater than we've ever heard it before. And God, I just pray, Lord, that you would come change our lives tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Well, last week we started a brand new series called One. And uh, the purpose of this series, last week we talked about how God cares about one. And we talked about how, you know, your perception of God or your belief of God is going to directly affect your relationship with God. For instance, if you believe that God, he's definitely God, but he's far off, he's distant, he's really not interested in being involved intricately in my life. You know, there's a lot of people on earth, you know, he's, he's got to be busy with all these people here and You really don't take your needs to him. Well, if that is your view of God, obviously that's going to affect your relationship with God. And last week we talked about that God is the God of one. God is the God of one. Not only does he care about the person next to you, but he cares for you as well. And so we talked uh, extensively last week about how God cares for one. If you weren't here last week, I encourage you to go and listen to the podcast so so that you can get just kind of a fresh fresh perspective on how God is an individual God, that God cares for us as individuals. And hopefully it encourages you that and encouraged you that not only is God caring about me, but once I realize that, what should happen whenever I get that revelation that God cares about me, what should transpire, transpire from there is now that I realize that God cares about me, now I realize that God cares about the person sitting next to me as well. And so as school starting, as school starting, you know, we have a great opportunity for those of you that are in school to reach out to others or even those of you that, that work. It's a great opportunity to reach out to someone. You know, a lot of people, they've, they've done studies and there are two seasons uh, where people are most uh, receptive towards the gospel. And normally those two times of the year are at the beginning of the year in January. People make New Year's resolutions. They're, they're you know what, I need to get my life on track. And a lot of people are perceptive or are wanting or hungry for the gospel at that point. Another time of year where people are seem to be, according to studies, hungry for the gospel is around this time of year. Because whenever school is starting, people are getting back into routine. You know, you ha- you're, they're getting back into uh, you know, just going through regular routine. And with, according to studies, a lot of people are receptive towards hearing 
the gospel around these times and coming to church around these times. And so if you're taking notes, the title of tonight's message is One Person at a Time. We're in week two of our series, One. And the title of tonight is One Person at a Time. And I talked a little bit last week, if you're like me, Sometimes you can get so you can have so much busyness going on that you have all these things in front of you like, okay, I need to do this, I need to do this, and you do a little bit of each, and you end up being spread so thin that you're you really don't accomplish anything. And so what we need to do if if we're this is a challenging word, because some of you some of you, you know, this might want to check out at this point of, you know, really I, I'm not really into I'm kind of maybe a reserved person. I'm kind of shy. I'm really not into maybe sharing the gospel with somebody. But if we have one person in mind, if we have one person that we know that really needs, maybe that is really lost, that needs to be reached out to, then we can begin to put our focus on that one person, begin to pray for them, begin to reach out to them, begin to invite them. You know, I heard a, a statistic um, recently and uh, I believe in America, I could, I could be wrong on some of the numbers, but I believe in America there are over 65 million people that are currently unchurched. And they did a study that of those 65 million that are unchurched, 34 million would come to church if somebody would invite them. Out of 65 million people in America that are unchurched, 34 million would come to church if somebody would invite them. And actually, the number goes far higher if the person that invites them is either a close friend or a relative. And so my goal in this series, this series has purpose. The purpose of this series is to encourage you to reach out to one person. Many of you are in here, all of us are in here, because one person reached out to someone. Maybe that one person didn't directly reach out to you, but maybe that one person reached out to your mom or reached out to your dad. And as a result, you came into this church and maybe you were born here. Maybe you weren't raised in church and maybe one person reached out to you and you came here and your life changed. And we know the stories go on and on. You know, most of the time, people that have gotten saved really can't say a whole lot about the message that was preached when they got saved which is very encouraging for me. But most of the time, they can say, who was the person that invited them? They may not remember what the title is. They may not remember what the points were. But they will remember the person that invited them. And so tonight, my goal is to encourage you to reach one person. Is to reach one person. And the reason that we have this blackout event at the end of this month is to give you an opportunity to reach out to one person, to leverage your influence. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that. So the rest of the time that we have, I want to sort of coach you along, kind of get you through a, a little bit of a process of, okay, most of you, I think, in here would embrace that. Okay, yeah, I need to, I need to reach out. I need to reach out to people. But the question is, how do I do it, Right? I, I, I realize that I, I do need to reach out to one person, but give me some practical tools of how to do that. And the rest of the time, I'm going to help coach you along of how do you reach one person. 
The first way that you reach one person is number one, you keep your eyes open. Keep your eyes open. You know, a lot of us would reach a lot more people and be a lot more sensitive to what's going around or going on in people's lives if instead of going through life so, and I'm talking to myself as well, so captivated with ourselves that in the sense of we kind of have our head down, I got this to do, I got this to do, I got this to do, and what happens is we miss all of these people around us because we have so much in our own lives. You know, everybody can use the excuse, I'm busy, because the truth is I've been busy my whole life. You've been busy your whole life. There's really not a season in life except maybe towards the end of your life. My grandparents aren't very busy at this point in their lives. They're both retired and things are are a little bit bigger of a deal. You know, like, well, I checked the mail today. You know, like, oh, that that sounds awesome. But for the most part, we're all busy. You know, we all have quite a few things going on in our lives, you know, from the time that we're born. You know, we have school, which which obviously takes up a lot of time and all the extracurriculars, the sports, you know, church, everything. Our, Our lives are full. But ultimately, none of us can use that excuse because all of us have the same amount of time. We're all busy. But how do you reach one person? The first way is you keep your eyes open. You keep your eyes open. You're sensitive in every in every area. And I'm I'm talking to myself as well. You know, I I was praying through these things of God help me to do that as well. God help me to be sensitive towards people. Help me to be looking for that one person to reach out to. Because we never know what would happen in their life. You know, a lot of us or some of us at least, may feel a little bit of pressure. Some of us may really not like messages like this because it's challenging. It's kind of, it's, this is kind of a little bit of a meddling message. It's trying to get you to do something. But ultimately, it's what God wants us and desires us to do. And whether we want to embrace, if you've made that decision, okay, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christ follower. Jesus is my Lord. If you've made that decision, whether you want to be an influencer or not, you are. All of us have a sphere or a realm of influence. Some of us, that sphere is a little bit bigger. Some of us a little bit smaller. But all of us have influence just by becoming a Christian. And all of its people are watching us. Everything that we do. Whether you like that or not. That's just kind of the nature of the beast. And the more that you serve God, the more people are going to watch how you live for God. And the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20, it says, so we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making appeals through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. That's what, who we are. We're representatives of Christ. And what is the message? The message is that all humanity has been separated from God through sin, but the good news is that we have an opportunity to come back to Him. That's the message. So if we would just keep our eyes open, looking for that one person to reach, we'll reach Him. And use your influence 
to do so. So what happens once you identify that person, once you see them, and you, the, what we should do is, one, we need to be sensitive to where that person is at. And whether they accept the message or they don't, you really need to understand this, don't take it personal. Whether they embrace the cross or not really isn't about you. In 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 8, it says, Therefore, anyone who refuses to live by these rules, talking about the Word of God, is not disobeying human teaching, but is rejecting God who gives His Holy Spirit to you. So whenever you share God's Word and somebody rejects it, you know, I I got saved towards the later end of my teens. And I spent a lot of time during that feeling discouraged, feeling defeated, because not everybody around me was getting saved. Do you ever feel like that? I spent a lot of time like that because there wasn't, you'd hear, I'd hear, you know, some preachers talk about how they led, uh, youth pastors talk about how they led great revivals in their schools and stuff like that. I was like, man, no, nothing like that is happening here. And I felt a lot of, I spent a lot of time feeling discouraged. But the Bible talks about this, and you need to get this perspective in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 5. This is Paul talking said, after all, who is Apollos? Who is Paul? We are only God's servants through whom we belong, whom we believe the good news. Each of us did the work the Lord gave us. I planted the seed in your hearts. Apollos watered it. But it was God who made it grow. Listen, this will take a lot of pressure off of you and help you to become a greater evangelist if you adopt this that it's not about me. And what we do, we go in, and the reason that I spent a lot of time discouraged, even past that, is because this is what I wanted and probably what most of you wanted. Say JP was in my school, and he was lost, which he's neither right now. He was just a heathen, a horrible person. All he cared about was bacon, and that was, <laughs> that was his whole life. JP loves bacon, by the way. And so this is what I would go into. You know, you take, you, you kind of like experiment a little bit. And, and, you know, sometimes you walk up like, JP, how's it going, man? Oh, good. You catch the game? Yeah, awesome. Hey, if you died right now in a horrific car accident, where would you go? It's like, well, uh, uh, that's really gruesome and came out of nowhere. Like, heaven or hell, go. Like, uh, I, I, I guess. I guess, hell, let's pray right now to receive Jesus. And they're like, no, dude, get, you're, you're crazy. What did I want? I wanted immediately, okay, I'm going to come up to JP. I wasn't really that weird. I'm being a little bit exaggerative. But what I wanted is to share the gospel with him. JP be like, man, I never thought of that. That's incredible. Yeah, I want Jesus. And to close the deal right there, he gets saved. Hey, why don't you come to youth with me Wednesday night? Most of the time, actually, that never ha- works like that because someone else, even if I get the opportunity to lead JP to the Lord right then and there, someone else had been planting that seed. And even if I just watered it, or maybe I get to reap the harvest, there's three different processes to it. Paul tells us that someone planted the seed. Someone watered the seed, 
God's the one that ultimately makes it work. Your responsibility is not for someone to get saved. Your responsibility is just to share. Whether that's a seed being planted and nothing happens, or it getting watered, or maybe they they get saved right there on the spot. Does that make sense? You ever feel like that? You ever, if you're passionate about evangelism, you ever feel the pressure of, I need to close the deal right here and right now. That's not a responsibility. That's God's responsibility. And uh, Key and I were watching a message last night, and uh, the pastor said something really profound. And uh, he actually had a chart of there's seven different stages of of where a lost person might be, and four different stages uh, of where a saved person might be, and and. You don't necessarily work your way down. There's just that different, these different stages. I really want you to write these down because it'll help you in identifying where a person's at. We talked about once you, right now we're talking about keeping your eyes open on reaching one person. Once you do that, one, you need to not put all the pressure on yourself. Realize it's not about you. It's about God. It's about His message. And then be sensitive to where that person's at. Because that person truly might not be at the, at the place where they're ready to close the deal, pray with you right then and there. But there are seven different stages, or six different stages actually, where a lost person is. One of the stages, the first stage they may be at, is resistant. Is resistant. They may be resistant. This is a person that doesn't really isn't interested. Doesn't really want any have to have anything to do with God. Uh, you can minister to them or do whatever. They're ah, I'm really, I'm really not interested. You know, like for those of you that that hunt, you get like a, a water repel um, jacket or, or like you know something like a rain jacket or raincoat. And some of them are water resistant. So whenever you go to maybe plant seed or pour water, it just kind of rolls off of it. It's not really soaking it up. It's not really receiving. And it doesn't, just because they're at that stage doesn't mean that they're always going to be at that stage. Our goal is to maybe move them a little bit further along in the stages. The second stage that they may be at is they might be receptive. They might not, they might not be fully in it, but they might be receptive. They might be you know what, I'll give you the time of day, I'll, I'll listen to what you have to say, you know, let me, let me hear what you got. They might be receptive. The next stage is they might be seeking. They're looking. Those are those, are those people that maybe nobody even invited them to come to, to church or come to Fusion. They just kind of heard about us and said, man, you know what, I'm going to go check it out, see what it's all about. They're seeking, they're looking for God. The third stage is, or fourth stage is they're considering it. Okay, I'm seeking it out. Now I'm considering it. I'm, I'm thinking about it. The next stage is their understanding. Okay, I'm, a, I'm beginning to understand. I'm beginning to kind of get who Jesus is. I'm beginning to kind of understand what this thing is all about. The next stage is they're ready. Okay, I, I now understand it. I'm not just seeking... You know, I, I, I've, I've, I'm not just considering it, but I'm ready. I'm ready to give my life to Christ. Then they move to that stage where, okay, they've accepted Christ. They're brand new. They have a brand new life in Christ. Now they're saved. 
Now you go, once you're saved, there's four stages of a person that is saved. Okay, so they moved down, maybe... Maybe they started out as seeking. They were, they were curious, then they moved to considering, then they understood, then they were ready, then they gave their life to Christ. The four stages of once they got saved, that the different people that are born again, that if they died, they would spend all eternity in heaven, is the first stage is their belonging. They feel a belonging. They feel a sense of, okay, I'm not just saved, but I belong to Christ. We talked about those two different views of God of God's a distant God, they now get and have a revelation of God's an individual God. He actually cares about me. I have a sense of belonging. The next stage is growing. Okay, now I'm not just saved. I'm not just here. I don't only know that I belong to God, but I'm actually, my faith is beginning to grow. I'm growing in Christ. Things are beginning to happen. I'm not how I used to be. God's beginning to convict me of some things that are in my life. And they're changing. The next level is they begin serving. They begin applying what they now believe. They begin, you know, they, they, they come and they serve. They do different things. They're, they're involved in, in serving in the ministry. And finally, they move to the level of now I'm sharing. Now I'm sharing. I'm sharing what's going on in my life. I'm, I'm sharing the gospel with others. You know, I, I'm, I'm now evangelizing. I'm now, I believe in this. And so I believe that God wants to reach out to one person and he wants to use me to do it. And now I'm doing it. You will see different people, even in this room, that are all over this scale. They're all, all we're all, all at different places. And seeing this and being aware of this will help you into reaching that person. So say you come across some person, you are obviously someone that's resistant. You can you can realize that right away. I don't want to talk to you. Okay, they're obviously in that place of resistance, but they might be at a place where they're receptive where, okay, I'll listen to what you have to say, or they might be in a place where I'm seeking. I'm I'm not really sure what's going on, but I'm looking for something and our goal is. May we not we may not be able to go ahead and say you know a prayer with them and get them saved right then and there, but our goal should be at least maybe get them a little bit further along the line, or maybe they were seeking now they're considering because of something that we said. But ultimately, it kind of it comes back, going all the way back where we started to keeping our eyes open for people that we can reach. So if we keep our eyes open will reach some people. The second stage is to get a heart for them. We're talking about how do I reach one person? It's one person at a time. The first stage is that I keep my eyes open. The second stage is that I get a heart for them. You know the old cliche saying that people don't care about how much you know until they what know about how much you care. It's cliche, people say it all the time, but it's very, very true. People, teenagers especially, are just have an innate ability to have incredible discernment where you can spot a phony a mile away. It's, it's, pretty, it's pretty amazing. Some people have just that gift. Almost all teenagers have that gift, seems like, where they can sense 
genuineness of okay th- this person has an angle they're trying they're trying to get something from me the greatest tool that will win someone is when they know that you genuinely care about them that is the greatest thing that will reach someone and that only comes through getting God's heart because where we started in Peter, that God has a desire inside of him that not one person would perish. He wishes that everybody, he hopes that everybody would turn and repent. How do you know that you have a heart for a person that you're trying to reach? I'm not going to read all of this scripture to you, but you can go back and read it in your own time. It's found in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 19. Paul talks about it. Many of you have heard, just to kind of sum it up, he talks about, I become all things to all men. Meaning, how do you know that you have a heart for somebody as you're willing to do things to reach them that you otherwise would not do? Like you may not be into... I don't, you may not be into video games or whatever it is that that person is into, but whenever you have a heart for them, you'll use that as an avenue to reach them for the gospel. That's what that means, to become all things to all men. That's how we know that, okay, I now have a heart for that person. If we really want to reach somebody, we have to have a heart for them. You're not just going to reach someone and not have a heart for them. It will it'll never happen because they'll they'll see there's something in it. Sometimes you can even get into a, almost a fleshly work into winning people to Christ. Isn't that crazy? It can become, remember what we talked about, it's not about us, it's about him. It can become about us. But man, I won so and so to the Lord. Like, no you didn't. You played a part in it. God used you. But ultimately, that guy's grandma has been praying for him for 15 years. She has more part of it than you do. And it's not about us. It's about reaching them. How do we reach one person? We get a heart for them. I hope, I, I hope that you're getting this. I hope that this is sinking in. Because this is what we're here for. This is what this is all about. We exist as a church, not for us, but for those people that aren't here yet. This isn't about us. This isn't a social club. This isn't about what's what's so-and-so doing after this. This is about reaching the lost. This is what this whole thing's about, the gospel. And ultimately, we can't reach anybody if we don't care about them, if we don't have a heart for them. So we got to have our eyes open, looking for that one person. I pray that each and every one of you would reach out to one person. How hard is that? How many of you, honestly, by show of hands, I know one person in here that should be sitting next to me right now. Let me see your hands. Honestly, I know one person, one person, all of us, every single one of us, I challenge you, reach out to that person. You don't have to know everything. You don't have to know all the right words. All we got to do is keep our eyes open, get a heart for them. And third, leverage 
your influence. Leverage your influence. We talked about how every single one of us have influence. I'm not going to spend a long time on this. You get this. You understand this. But we talked about how roughly there are 65 million people, maybe more, maybe less, probably more, people that are unchurched in America. The study shows that 34% of people would come if someone invited them to come to church. It goes even higher than that if that person is a close friend or family member. Leverage your influence. We all have people that have influence that we have influence over and they have influence in us. I shared last week about growing up, my good friend Ian, that that was whenever I was lost as a teenager, he kept reaching out to me. He kept pouring, you know, even though he really wasn't living all that much for God, he kept reaching out to me to come and he leveraged his influence. And ultimately, I didn't get saved right away. But something growing up, getting something, eventually it took, and then I began to grow. The same thing with us. So we, we keep our eyes open of who we need to reach. When we see who we need to reach, we get a heart for that person. Almost a, a burden for that person where you begin to, you know whenever you have a heart for them because you begin to see things not through your eyes, but through God's eyes. You begin to feel things for them that you know, okay, this isn't this isn't me. And whenever you have that, that's what wins the loss because ultimately the world does not have that to offer someone. The world's way of thinking is I'm in for for myself. What can I get? Whenever somebody shows selflessness and I care about you, what's going on in your life? That's not normal. Whenever we show the world that, people will come to Christ. So we get a heart for them. Once we have a heart for them, you leverage your influence. Whoever they may be, if they're a close friend or family member, you use your influence of say, don't just invite them to come to church, but say, hey, come with me. Do you need a ride? If you drive, can I pick you up? We'll go eat after. Use your friendship. Use your relationship with that person to reach out to them. And finally, I'll wrap up with this. How do we reach one person, it's one person at a time. How do we do that? Finally, when you go through all these steps, you got to be ready to speak. You have to be ready to speak. The Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 2, Paul is, is mentoring and speaking to Timothy, who's a young pastor at this time. And he's telling Timothy, preach the Word of God be prepared, whether it's a favorable time or not. Another translation says, in due season or not, or due season or not. What that means is there's most of the time, most of the time, it's not a convenient time to reach out to someone. There's no convenient time. Well, sometimes there are, but most of the time there's not a convenient time. What Paul was telling Timothy is, look, don't be prepared to preach a message on Sunday mornings. Have that burning inside of you at all times. Be ready because you never know. That friend might be at a place where all of a sudden they open up to you. You might have somebody that's incredibly closed off to you. 
and they might just all of a sudden share, hey, this is going on in my life. We got to be ready. We got to be ready to say something. We got to be ready to share the gospel at all times. Let me close with this scripture. It's in Acts chapter 20, verse 24. This is Paul talking again. He says, but my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned to me by the Lord Jesus. The work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. Our job is not to be the Holy Spirit. It's not to convict people of sin. It's not to point things out that are wrong in their life. It's simply to speak. And if you have good news, how hard is that to share? Think about it. Whenever something good happens in our life, we what? We tell everybody. Whenever something incredible happens to us, we can't not share that good news, right? The gospel is a lot easier and a lot more simple than we make it out to be. It really is. What we try to do is we try to take people down, we try to show them their sin, we try to point things out in their life that isn't right, where what we really need to do is share the good news about Jesus And once that happens, once we share that good news and they move down the line and they get to the place where they're ready to accept Christ as their Lord and Savior, then ultimately, God will begin to do those things in their life. And if they open up and say, hey, do you think that this is wrong? Well, according to the Bible, this is what the Bible says. But we're still, we're not not convicting them. We're just sharing the Word of God of, okay, This is what the Bible says. So our job is to be ready in every season to reach out. So in closing, let's go ahead and stand up together. You know, you have one of the, if you're in high school especially, you have one of the greatest opportunities in front of you if you're born again. You have a harvest field that you probably will not have again. There are people all around us that are hurting, that are broken, that are in need to hear good news. So I want to encourage you as we leave tonight that you come away that you have a passion and a burden to reach out to one person. Because ultimately, the, the gospel spreads one person at a time. Father, I pray right now for every single person in this place. God, I pray, Lord, that you would touch hearts. God, I pray, Lord, that you would speak to us, God. Lord, I pray that this would be a, a message in a sermon series, God, that we don't just hear, that it doesn't just fall upon deaf ears, but that it's applied to our lives. 
Lord, I pray, God, that you would help us, God, that you would guide us, God. Help us, Lord, to op- Lord, let our eyes be opened. God, let us see those that, that are in need, God. Let us have our eyes, let us be looking, God. Begin to give us greater discernment, God, to see and feel exactly where people are, God. Help us, Lord, to have a heart for them. Help us to genuinely care about people, God. Lord, I thank you, Father, that you're given, Lord, the the sphere of influence that we have, the realm of influence that we have, God. I pray that we would use it for your glory. And ultimately, God, I pray, Lord, that you would give us your boldness, Lord, to stand for righteousness, God, and Lord, to share the good news about you, Jesus, that ultimately we don't have to perish, we don't have to to, to live in everlasting fire, but that we can be born again, saved, not only have a home in heaven, which is the most important thing, but have purpose here on earth. God, I thank you, God, that you're just sealing this word inside of our hearts tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Again, thanks for joining us. For more info on Fusion, you can check us out on YouTube, Facebook, or Instagram.